listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit harvestkelowna.ca. He has given us his truth and his wisdom. And we have this, this opportunity to, to bring Jesus who is real to their world. Do you see this this morning? Do you feel this this morning? Does your heart go into compassion for the many that are around in your world? Maybe not the multitudes of the whole world, but your world. Do you believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you could take the very truths of the Word of God and bring peace to the hearts of the people that are closest to you in that circle? Will we step up to the world in need? The same thing applies to the community and the family of God. There are times when we are faced with the same challenges the world faces, but we don't do it alone. And the, what, the beauty of it is not only do we have Christ in us, but we have a body of Christ that is ready to step alongside and bring peace to one another. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And if we will do that, one of God's richest blessings will come to us as we see in the passage. So we continue in the series as Pastor Melvin gave me Matthew chapter 5 verse 9. And the verse says this. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. People like the idea of being blessed by God, and I'm sure you've covered that in the messages before. I believe you are truly blessed already because I only get to visit Kelowna for one or two weeks in my summer holidays. So you get to live here all, all year long. Um, compared to most of the rest of the world, though, when you look at us and what we have, we are very rich and blessed. But the blessing that God is talking about in these verses is not as the blessings of the world. And we should never be happy with just the good things that God has blessed us with. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. So we are rich in so many ways. But we can't stop there. Because those good things may distract us from the best things that really matter to God. It's exciting to anticipate that God desires to bless us. We sang, but he's a good, good father, and he knows who I am, and he knows who you are, and what you need. He wants to bless us. It's one thing to be blessed and encouraged by other people, but the God of all creation, to have a personal interest, to, to actually focus in on your world, what you're dealing with, and in the moment where you need it, he says, I'm going to come alongside and bless you as you need it. Now, what I look at over this whole passage here, the context is that blessing comes from what should define us, not in the things that we have, but what should be defining us. It doesn't say blessed is the man with great riches and houses and lands and positions and things, but a man who is blessed is the person who is rich in what God values. He says blessed are if we are peacemakers. What is a peacemaker? When we see unrest and we step up, and we lead people to a restored sense of peace. It might be in our own situations. Maybe there's times, in, a little bit farther down in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, it says, um, if you know that your brother has something against you, you go to him to basically reset peace in that relationship. And maybe there's someone here this morning, you've got a brother in the Lord, and something isn't right. You will find peace if you will go and make peace with him, and you will be a peacemaker. Sometimes it's a brother or a sister in need that you will come alongside and they need your ministry. You need to always be looking outside yourself. That is the beauty of the community and the family of God. 
But we live in a world that often chooses not to get involved. Who am I to mix in? Well, if it was just me, if it was just me, I would potentially wreck it. But if I bring Jesus to those situations, he is the hope of the world. Do you believe that? That's right. So if he is the hope, that means to whatever situation that robs somebody's peace, the, the solution is not, oh, I'm going to go in there and fix it. I'm going to talk. I'm so smart. I'm so... No, no. I bring them to Jesus and to him who is the word and to the word. And if we follow his prompting, his leading, we can make that difference. The Holy Spirit will guide us. He will give us that counsel that guides and helps and comforts. That's why it also we need to know our Bibles. That's why you need to hear sermons. That's why you need to be here week after week. You can't afford to miss Pastor Melvin's message or whoever's going to preach here because they are equipping you with the next piece of what you need of the Word of God for your own survival and for the care and the help of others. The more we load up with that through sermons, through care group times of studying the Word of God, your own personal devotions, through reading books, anything else that comes along, videos, whatever you can get your hands on, is filling ourselves up with the Word of God in such a way that the Holy Spirit now has something to work with as we go. I think a lot of people say, well, I'm scared to help someone because I really don't know the Bible well enough. I can't answer those questions. There's a solution to that. Get into your Bible so you know the answers to those questions as opposed to excusing and stepping aside. So the question is, are we taking God's peace to the world? We know the world lacks peace. It's a universal need. They drastically struggle. The enemy, the devil, powers of darkness, whatever you want to call it, is daily wrecking people's lives. And you know those people. You're watching lives falling apart right around you. And there's a sin nature that rules their hearts, that holds them in bondage, and they cannot move towards peace. They struggle with that feeling, the good they want to do, they can't do, and the bad they don't want to do, they end up doing. They live under guilt and fears that overwhelm them. Then there are life issues that stress people out. There's many problems out there. And some of these hit into us. That's why we need to care for one another. There's work challenges, instability, problems with administration, the politics of the job and the people that you work alongside. There are health challenges where changes come, losses, things like cancer show up. Finances, economy changes, costs for, for younger lives, and, and if you're younger looking towards the future and things just keep going up, you feel overwhelmed and your peace is lost thinking, how will we ever make it? Add to that world turmoil, the threats of terrorism around our globe, and of course, when will it come to Canada? There's volatile world leaders and government changes that happen in our own communities that relate to our education of our children and things that are, that are out of control for us. And then there's fears. That's amazing. All the phobias that are out there, just about anything you can think of, someone's got a fear for it. And then add to that the multitude of mental health issues. And there seems to be new ones and new titles added continually. It's sad to see the increased amount of depression, which is totally a lack of peace. And it's going to younger and younger children. So we know the challenge is there. There's an absence of peace. But then we come back to the Word of God, and this one verse really brings it home for me. It's Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, there's something here. There's the peace of God. The world does not have the peace of God. 
And it surpasses our understanding. We can't figure it out. In fact, it goes beyond what we could ever think and probably even imagine. And God wants to bring that to us. But the thing is, he's brought to us. And notice, it guards our hearts, our emotions, and it guards our minds, our thoughts. And that's where we struggle with peace. What do we think about? What do we feel? Those things that pull us and, and sort of lead us around and chase us at times. Right now, I'm in a situation between ministries. That can be very unsettling. You don't know how and when that position is going to come. But because of God's faithfulness and because of him walking with me, and many people knowing we're in the transition, praying for us, we find peace. We do what we should responsibility in that search for that next ministry. But in it all, um, between jobs, it's God's work with us. We just be faithful to what he has called us to. John 16, verse 33, it talks about the fact that I have said these things to you, that in me you ha may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we will not be void of troubles. Peace is not necessarily always thing, means that everything's going to be perfectly good as you go through your life. But it means that those moments you can have peace in your storm. The waves may be around you, it may be dark, the winds may be howling, and you may be prone to being fearful and giving up all hope. But in Christ, he's in your boat with you. And you can have that faith that you can stand in the middle of that storm. A peace that God gives that's not of the world. John 14, 27, another verse says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You see, there's a difference. The people of the world may sense they have an element of peace. And if you ask them, is there no peace in the world? They say, no, there's, there's, there's peace in certain contexts. But it's a different peace. A peace that only God can give. That's why our hearts are not troubled. And that's why we can live without fear. <laughs> Isaiah, pardon me, Romans chapter 3, uh, verses 10 to 18, the, that's just a reference. Um, the world is so lost when you look at the, what is stated there, but in verse 17 it says, the way of peace they do not know. In Isaiah 26, verse 3 to 4, it goes on to say, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. You see, we're not trusting just in a nice idea that everything will work out fine. And we're not trusting in other people. We're trusting in the person who has proven him faithful. And he is, I like that statement, he is an everlasting rock. Hard, solid, stable, not moving. And he's faithful. And he's proven himself faithful, not only through the word and all the people and experiences that are happening here. But I'm sure he's already proven himself faithful to you over and over. We have, this is not my first time I'm transitioning between churches. And so in those other times, I watched God's faithfulness. And so in his continued work, he's shown me he is faithful to us. But here's something in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 13. It says, he will be faithful to us even at times when we are not faithful. Not to encourage not being faithful, but even when we feel maybe we've blown it, God does not throw us aside. He's a good father. And he knows who we are. And he knows we're going to trip and fall. You might feel, I don't deserve the blessing of God. I've messed up so much. There's always a way back that he's provided. And he will faithfully be there as you reach out. And we have to be in Christ. Relation conflicts, relationship conflicts leave us unsettled. It's, it's sad to look around. There's so many people who now consider what used to be called the dysfunctional family is now the normal family. 
There's conflicts with friends, neighbors, work associates, at times in the church, at times in the family. These relationships were designed to bring stability, love, and joy. But more and more, these seem to be unsettled. But that's where we can bring the word of God to one another, to the people that are out there, and bring them hope in Jesus Christ. The greatest loss to the world is they do not have peace with God. So the guilt for sin and the reasons to fear because they are alone in a world filled with turmoil, because they do not understand death, because they do not have an eternity secure in Christ, there's a lot of reason here. And with all of that, they are challenged. But we can lead them to finding peace with God. Romans 5, verse 1, says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We get it not just because we want to take it, but because we've submitted our lives to following Christ. We can seek forgiveness of sin. We can choose to follow and be reconciled. And they're missing that great resource of life. The world is so lacking of peace and yet in Jesus, we see, don't we? We see the way. We see the truth. We see the life. And it is relevant and highly valuable to anyone who would see it. The question is, will we take the whole counsel of God and the word of God with its complete answers to life issues to those others around us? Do we see it? Do we believe it as Christians? In my experience outside of this congregation, I don't know who you are, but I've seen other people, and it's sad at times to see that there's an increased number of Christians who, who doubt even the very answers of the Word of God. And they're ready to pick up the philosophies and the ideas, and they will use them as their guide. And they will only continue on with a lack of peace. God equips us, enables us, and can lead us we can be wonderfully, richly blessed by God if we will in turn be peacemakers. Sometimes we may ask, well, what's in it for me? Why should I take the risk? Why should I study the word? Why should I make an effort to reach out? If we really understand our Bibles and our Savior, we see that this is what it is to seek first the kingdom of God. It is realizing why we are saved, not just to be good in this world, but to be able to help others to find their way. We need, to learn, sorry, we need to start by looking outside of ourselves. The danger is that today, with our prosperity, we can live very self-focused kind of lives. Sometimes we're considered with what I want and who will serve me. And we miss following the example of our Savior who says, I, He came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. And we need to step out in faith and trust and care for others. As Jesus will provide and care for us. Oh, I, the um, armor of God, we know we're supposed to put that on each day, right? The helmet of salvation so we know that we are saved, that we're sure of who we are in Christ. The breastplate of righteousness knowing that we're whole and in a right relationship. We like the sword, which is the word of God, and the shield of faith to be defensive. But there's a piece on there that's called, and our fit, feet fitted with the gospel of peace. A gospel, the peace that allows us, first of all, in our own circumstances, to be able to stand and be ready for the battle. But the battle is not defensive. The battle is offensive. 
We're not here to say, I know I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be safe. Shield up, shield up. I'm good. All right, got me. I'm, I'm, I'm safe. No, it's to move out. To be God's mighty army, to go into the world and to take on the odds and to take the risks. But we go and we put on our feet the gospel. The gospel of peace. And we're going to take it wherever we go. When you start your day, when you get in the morning, I trust you have that moment where you think, I need that full armor of God on because I'm going to go into the world and I'm not going to go alone. I'm going to go with Christ. But I'm now also taking the gospel of peace. So wherever I go, God might use me to bring the gospel of peace to those who need it. Will you sit on the edge of your seat? Will you anticipate what God is about to do in and through you to touch the lives of others? Will you look for him to speak and to guide and work in ways that, that you would not even understand? When we look through all of this, we come to the place where we need to take action. And if we will, if we will be peacemakers, here's the significance and relevance to this whole peace for us. It says, if we are, and I put it this way, if we are engaged in our world with Christ, we will be seen as sons of God. What is the significance of this? Well, the son of God is the title for Jesus. And that speaks of probably the closest and greatest relationship of all time. The father with the son that's gone on for all of eternity. But he says, we will be called sons of God. That's so similar, speaking of a great relationship to now the heavenly father. The world has been taught that we are all children of God, which is not true. The mainline churches, the Catholic church, you will hear them say that over and over. We're all children of God. And everybody makes everybody feel safe. Oh, we're all good. And, and it's a false hope. You see, to be a child of the Father, you have to be born into the family. And John 3 says, unless we are born again, we will not see the kingdom of heaven. We will not be children of God till we are born spiritually into his family. Oh, we are all creations of God. We are all his work. Conception all comes from him. And therefore, we are all of God's making and doing. But we want to be known as the sons of God, the children of God, in that close relationship. And I think this brings us to a piece that is very practical to us. See, I think one of the things that Christians challenge with is that is, am I sure I'm a Christian? There's days you are sure, and there's days sometimes it, that question comes back into your mind. I think it hits us all at some point in time. But a lot of Christians struggle with the assurance of salvation. They'll say, Pastor, how do I know that I'm really a Christian? I believe the answer comes here. He says, if we will be peacemakers, if we will take the gospel, if we'll be a servant of the Lord, and we will take Jesus to the world, the hope of the world, and we see him doing things through us that makes a difference, and people are finding peace with God through salvation and peace in life, and we see the Holy Spirit working, we are assured of where we are in Christ, and then what happens is we will be called the sons of God. Who does the calling? I believe the Spirit of God, by the Father, affirms to us that we are the sons of God. But I believe the people will acknowledge it. When you share and are a peacemaker one to another, or you're a peacemaker even more so to the world, and you bring them the reason for the hope that is within you, I believe the Spirit of God lifts it up and the people say, you know what, I've seen a lot of people call themselves Christians, but that person really is connected with God. Have you ever had that? Felt that? Known that? 
You see, I believe when we are engaged with the power of God and he's doing his work through us for the kingdom of heaven, we will see it. And we will stand in that sense of assurance. If we're not engaged with the word in the world, if we are not applying it and seeking it, we can be very spiritually empty. If we are hiding the light of God under a basket, as per se, and if we are bearing the talent that God has given to us, and if we're not being a peacemaker out there, then don't be surprised if you don't feel that assurance. Because we're not involved in the very thing that is the very heart and passion of God. If we do reach out, we will feel and be called the sons of God. If we do not have peace with other people, we will lose our peace. Therefore, we need to reset things with that. If there's things that are wrong in our lives, uh, in just in our walk with God, and, we are, and we're putting ourselves distance from our Savior, and we quench that Holy Spirit, we will lose our peace and our sense of assurance. If I'm okay with sin in my life, the Lord will not hear my prayers. The Bible teaches that. So we need to lean and follow Christ and encourage one another to stay close to Christ that we may all have that peace. So will you see your world harassed and helpless? Will our hearts be moved with compassion? Will we see our brothers and sisters in need and feel we have to go up and encourage and help carry them as God leads? May we be peacemakers. We can't bring it in ourselves, but we can bring them to Jesus and to the Word. And we can do it as, just as Jesus did. What he did is he didn't come up and say, oh, you need to get out, you know, avoid hell, you need salvation. He started with where the people were at. And that's what I think is really neat. Because when you start as a peacemaker, you start where those people are hurting. And what's relevant. And when you bring the light of God and the Word of God to that relevant situation, then they're saying, wow, where did you get this information from? You say, I got it from my Bible. Can I tell you more about the source of all of this? And it will lead you the opportunity to not only just be a person who will lead peace and then pointing to Jesus, but you will lead them to their salvation. That's how our Lord reached to so many. So as you start your day, may you move out with this in mind, that you desire to bless others by being a peacemaker. But may God in turn, at the end of the day, give you that wonderful assurance that you too are a son and daughter of God. Be blessed in your own peace and be a peacemaker and let us touch the world as Jesus would have us touch the world.